this week on Not Just Another Sex Podcast. Stop inviting the problem. Stop inviting the curse. Stop inviting um, unsafety to the table Mm -hmm. and then expecting these kids to show up. I think it's time to just really be very clear about the generational patterns that we are breaking Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of people don't realize that they either relate or that they're doing it too. Right. And just talking about some of those things and bringing it to the forefront. Ashe, years ago I was dating a guy and we went to his mother's home for Thanksgiving and his four-year-old niece came over and I remember his mom saying, go give your uncle a hug. And that activated something in me. And I honor the fact that, you know, I live with PTSD and sometimes I can be hypervigilant. Also, and this mandate that children have to hug family members without their consent, right? Go sit on that person's lap, go with this person. That conditions us to think that we need to go against our intuition and our innate feeling in order to keep the adults around us happy. Hey, sugar. You're listening to Not Just Another Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Samaya Burton. I've been a hands-on sexual educator for over five years through my company, Sexual Essentials. So I can tell you that being an adult absolutely has its perks. But now let's talk about just how hard adulting really is. Whether you're healing trauma, building healthy relationships, or figuring out how to create your own happiness, the truth is you may feel like you don't know what you're doing. But you're here now, and that's enough. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Not Just Another Sex Podcast. My name is Samaya and I'm your host and I'm super excited for today's episode. So before we get started, we have a review to read. Um, This one says, I found my people. Hi, Samaya. I want to give you your flowers now. I have always felt like I'm the odd one in a conversation due to my sexual desires, the way I parent my children, gentle parenting, to toxic family issues that I don't adhere to. You've opened my mind, body, and soul to being different, and I love that for me, in your voice. (laughs) This podcast is a light to my darkness. You're helping and healing more than yourself. Kudos to you, baby. This is way bigger than you, and I can't wait to see what the bigger picture is for you. Cheers to to serving your purpose. We needed this in the world. That is extremely validating. Extremely validating. Thank you so much for... um, not only leaving the review, but using those choice of words um, because they did exactly what they needed to do. Um, I know you guys are listening every episode. I, you guys are like, okay, let me go rating review. She's asking me to. Um, but I really appreciate when you guys show up present and you really respond, letting me know what it's doing for you because I don't just do this for entertainment or for views or for any of that. Like this shit is hard. <laughs> and um, knowing that me choosing to do it every single day is doing something for someone else like that is very very healing for me um and there's nothing that has made me feel more fulfilled than this so um being able to know that I'm helping does more than you know so thank you so much for um leaving a review and leaving a kind one at that so um so today's episode is going to be amazing I have a guest today. It is a long time coming. Mm. Yes. I have LaVon Briggs, the author of Sensual Faith. Um, And I'm super excited to have you. And I want you to introduce yourself to my followers so we can get into this episode. Honey, thank (laughs) you for having me. Thank you for trusting me with your community. You know, all things in divine timing. 
facts. This is absolutely positively <laughs> the, the episode we were supposed to co-create. Mm. So for those of you who are uninitiated, my name is LaVon Briggs. I am an Emmy Award winner. I'm a Queens girl and I'm a joy finder. I show up in the world as an author and a spiritual leader and a podcaster. I am the author of Sensual Faith, The Art of Coming Home to Your Body, available wherever you can get your books and your ebooks and your audiobooks because I read it, okay? <laughs> um, and it's an invitation for women, particularly Black women, to live their spirituality from a place of pleasure rather than shame. So I'm really excited to get into today's conversation. That is a hell of an intro. There is nobody oh. that could do it better than that. Well, my name is Levon Elise Patty Bricks, honey. You're welcome. I'm so excited. <laughs> she is such a character and such a joy. And um, just, I, I can't wait to just tell this, tell our story mm-hmm. and how this came about. Uh, but shout we out have to, to Sunny. Yeah, shout out to Sunny. Big Sunny, not the little. Not okay. Um, but before we get into all okay. of that, we got to walk the folks through all right. their adult tip of the day. Because ah. we're the grown ups now. And, Indeed. you know, I don't know about you, but I'm. Like, shit, I'm a grown-up. Yeah. <laughs> so when did this happen? Looking, people are looking at us to to um, give the advice and to know the life hacks and, mm-hmm. and know all the things, and we don't. So um, to help you, like we're trying to help ourselves, we have an adult to the day where we just take it, whether it's what my therapist says or the life mm-hmm. hack, and give some out. That way you just put it in your pocket, think on it, and move about, right? And then yes. you get adulting every day. Just every day. Thing. So today's adult tip of the day is given to us by Ebony Davis. Okay. Um, And it says, today during yoga, the instructor spoke about trees becoming their strongest in autumn. Hmm. Because they aren't bearing fruit or producing leaves, all of their energy is pushed down into the roots. Mm -hmm. So what externally appears as death is actually the catalyst for new life. Mm. It's giving rebirth. Yes. And it's I when I read that, and she had a couple more slides, so I definitely encourage you guys to look her up on Twitter or whatever. Um, But I one... I, I, I hear that as rest. I receive that as rest mm-hmm. um, because when I'm, when you talk about like bearing fruit or producing anything, like that's work. Right. At the end of the day, that's work. Um, and so there's so much beauty and so much like fulfillment that comes from just taking a moment from yeah, not doing anything. For sure. Um, and I know that as women, and we always say, especially as black women, that's the only way I can relate to you from right. this perspective, is um, it's very difficult to sit and rest. It feels like you're mm-hmm. supposed to be doing something else. It definitely feels like you're supposed to be doing more. Right. Um, and then when I think about, see, were you done with that thought? No, go ahead. Okay. When I think about seasons growing up in New York, we had four, right? And we learned that in elementary school. But I've been living in New Orleans, Louisiana for the past three and a half years, and we don't have a traditional set of four seasons. And so what I learned is that sometimes the calendar or your prior experience might say you're supposed to be in this particular season but where you're at right now is letting you know yeah it might be autumn where y'all at but it's 83 degrees here okay and I need to you know dress and respond accordingly to what's happening where I am even if the season doesn't quote-unquote match what we traditionally expected it to be absolutely and that's that's the premise of us that's Mm. the premise of this episode and and bring and you guys know I'm so particular and so intentional about the topics that we discuss from from all the segments to the to the point down to the person yeah. and that's the thing everybody can 
can say a lot about your path or um, the way you decide to show up in this world. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you have no idea what temperature it is over here. Well, and it's my job to respond to that because okay. otherwise you're going to have to pick up the mess and nobody else is going to pick up. The right. Mess. You, you wondering know. why I got a parka on. <laughs> worry about your two piece <laughs> bikini. We got a parka on for a reason over here. Look here. Look at what, what I love for me is that we in the summertime. <laughs> okay. Fire, and it's chilly outside, but it's hot. But it's here. hot in it's here. Hot in it's here. the goddess energy. It's the fem vibes for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I am I am um, really excited to get into this episode. And this last line, mm. uh, I have to say, it says what externally appears as death is actually the catalyst for new life. Yeah. And to me, that's a symbol of letting go, yeah. letting things end, um, understanding that when something like we don't have to hold on to things longer than we need to. We right. have such a PTSD and problem with letting go when Child. something is done because we form attachments to things that mm-hmm. aren't good, um, that aren't serving us. Right. And when you let them, when you think something's ending, yeah. you can choose to think of it that way because that's true. But also when something's ending, it's because something else is beginning yep. and you have to start reframing your mind and practicing going there faster versus right. it taking three months. Resisting. You'd be like, oh yeah, like the real faith is knowing that, okay, this thing is ending. So let me mourn this. Let me grieve this. Let me yep. give it the respect that it deserves because something amazing is coming versus you being woe is me until that new thing and gets here. focused on the loss. Yeah. I have dissolved so many relationships this year, family, friends, colleagues, you name it. And yeah. I'm actually in the middle of an ego death right now. Mm-hmm. I've spent the past decade plus becoming this pastor, preacher, speaker, and that person that beautiful version of myself is no longer serving me. Mm. And so what does it mean to grieve the version of yourself that you thought was your highest self? Mm. But actually there's another ascension. There's another unfolding on the other side of that. So grief is not fun, but the only way through it is through it. Okay. In the words of um, radical softness advocate, Josh Odom. So the sooner you can get through it, the sooner we can get to the other side of it. Yeah. I feel that. If you guys haven't noticed, we have been updating all of our Sexual Essentials content, including our masterclasses. So for the last time, the three masterclasses that have sold over 10,000 copies is available now in one bundle. Yes, that's the Mouth Masterclass, the Dick Writing 101, and the Masturbation Escorting class. All three of those are available in one course now for 100 bucks. If you didn't know, each of those classes is normally $100 a piece. So make sure that you take advantage of this because it's for a limited time only because these classes are being taken offline. All right, enjoy and back to the show. All right, so now we're moving on to Twitter talk. Okay. Um, Twitter talk is where we're paying tweet, homage tweet. <laughs> to, to Black culture, really, yeah. because Black Twitter um, has been around and we still call it Black Twitter, even though it's not even Twitter. We, we ain't calling it X. It's, Your mama named you Twitter. I'm going to call you Twitter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not your mama called you twitter your i'm gonna call you tweet tweet <laughs> i'm gonna call you tweet tweet this one is um this one is a is is definitely where our conversation stem from but um aj mcqueen said um transparent moment holidays are hard for me mm-hmm. um and if you guys don't know this is a black man you know so i I, re- I definitely empathize from a a lot of different levels, but I want to read some of the other um, tweets that he included in it. So it said, "Um, transparent moment, holidays are hard for me. 
My mental health takes a big blow around this time of the year. I start thinking about my childhood, thinking about everybody that I lost, thinking about every unsettled discord, and then every suppressed emotion starts to show up. I didn't know what to call it but before therapy, but it has helped me to understand that I deal with seasonal depression. Mm. This should be a battle for me mentally and emotionally, no lie. Internally, I get irritated quickly. My eyes get sad. My body gets tense. My tongue gets sharp, and I emotionally withdraw. It'll look like I want to be anywhere else than where I'm at at the moment, and that's not the case. It's really because the nigga's just feeling depressed, misunderstood, unfulfilled, mm. and unsettled. Ashe, I see you, beloved. And I I really felt that. Um, throughout the year, I am such a... Like, even to myself, sometimes I'm a joy, even when I don't <laughs> want to be. Um, and I love that about myself. I think that it's really beautiful. And I love that my... I don't have... I have a unwavering battery of that energy, mm. right? But throughout... When the holidays come up... It, yeah. I ain't got it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have it. So, you know, having a child helps Mm -hmm. because it's like I... I know how to show up for Conjure him. some joy for him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because he is he is definitely joy and light. And like oh. he deserves all the things. You think Santa Claus is real shit? Fuck it. Let's, okay. Let's go find We rolling. <laughs> I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful to be able to show up through that for him. But it's one of those things that I don't think that we talk about. Right. Um, I think we say seasonal depression, but... This episode and having you here today is really for us to talk about the things that we're inviting home when we decide to go home sometimes for these holidays and why some of the seasonal depression is what it is. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, for me, seasonal depression isn't just about like the lack of vitamin D, but it's the lack of love, honesty and integrity Mm -hmm. of my family. That's what seasonal depression is for me. It's it's where the disappointment shows up because that's where I am. It's not really where I want to be for the holidays. I really want to be at home. So two things. I do want to affirm folks who are living with seasonal affective disorder like that shit is real get you your little light <laughs> like go put your face in the window you are you know plant. what i'm saying at 1 p.m <laughs> eastern standard time get what you can um also and this time of year exacerbates what's already there mm-hmm. and when you grow up with this idea that you're supposed to go home for the holidays there's this obligation and this pressure that sometimes we internalize and put on ourselves well who am I going to disappoint if I don't go home and if I don't go home I'm gonna have to hear my mama's mouth or daddy's mouth or whoever but I learned as an adult with agency and through therapy mm-hmm. that I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. My therapist says, if it doesn't bring you joy, it is your obligation not to do it. If it doesn't bring you joy, it is your obligation not to do it. So it is my obligation to myself to not go home or like the language I like one of my community members uses, go back to the people who raised me, Mm. right, to go to their home for the holidays. Absolutely. Um, so that's our Twitter talk, um, mm-hmm. but I think that is also a great segue into our episode today. Yeah. Um, and we will put a trigger warning out here because I have no idea where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. I love you all very much, but you know, I have a dark side and, and we're we're getting through that some of that today. And is worthy of just as much love as the light side. These are the facts. Integration. And um and so today I wanna talk about um and it's so crazy because <laughs> Levon and I have been <laughs> voice noting, texting, 12 minute dissertation of podcast things. episodes and iMessage. Yeah. So working entire, it out. Our entire episode has been pulled from our text thread. Mm. Um, and I called her one day. I was on the road and I said, um, and shout out to Sunny. Sunny, yes! uh, Sunny Speaks, Sunny Vegan. 
um who was Ratner. a congregation member so i pastored a digital church for two years on instagram okay. and clubhouse called the proverbial experience and sunny is a member okay and it still stands me and was like do you know maya and i was like i do not <laughs> who, who is she, what is she? What's but, but please put me yes. on because i've never met a you grad i didn't love these are the facts okay y'all are fine gregarious ambitious creative that's called you know one <laughs> that's six five dark skin with a beard emotionally intelligent after I'm done, I, I got you. I got to get you one. I got to get me one first. Then I, I, okay. I got to get me first. Oh, um, both and. Both and. Look, so Sunny was um, like, you know, you need to meet this woman. Aww. You guys need to talk. And so you that's, and when I reached out to you, I was like, hey, Sunny said we need to meet each yes. other. We need to talk. We so love you, I'm going to just, you know, tell you my story and, yeah. and you tell me yours and let's see where the alignment that's is. That's literally how it was. And that's exactly what happened. And from there, I just started telling this girl all my business. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know that's where I found my sweet spot right there, telling all my business for the usual. And um, and we had a lot in common. Mm. Um, and I shared with you, you know, hey, I have this platform. I started off as a sexual educator. Mm. Um, I have moved into podcasting and this is, you know, I do it from um my media company and mm-hmm. this is what my show is about. I'm a um I'm a survivor of, you know, parental molestation mm. and I deal with, you know, that my mom is still with him today. Mm. And um, mercy. And and this is where I am. And my show is about giving people the tools that I use to, you know, be this person that they see right. um, in real time as I yeah. go through it. Yep. And my journey is about removing the the things that I think I don't deserve mm. or um, a lot of those um those things that have shaped us over time to not really be our truest self. Mm-hmm. And then you shared your story. Yes. So I, too, I refer to it as being a survivor of father-daughter incest. I was molested by my biological father for five years. And my family structure was really built on silence and acquiescence, you know, disenfranchisement of children. Um, and this was not languid. Let me back up. This is language that I had to grow into because Mm -hmm. when I first started telling people my story, you know, people would always say, oh, it's a generational curse, childhood sexual abuse. I was like, it ain't a curse. This nigga did it. Like, you know, but once I started peeling back the layers and seeing how far back it went to my family and how it's continued even to this generation with all my healing and preaching and teaching and crying and wailing and it still shows up in my generation. I was like, oh, no, this is a curse. So what we need to do to break this curse and in the words of Tatiana Tarot, for me to be a generational trailblazer, Mm -hmm. because I believe that language is so important because our words create worlds. And so I can say I'm a generational curse breaker or I can say I'm a generational trailblazer they mean the same thing but the emphasis and the energy is different when i'm focusing on what i'm doing not what i'm fighting um and so that colored obviously all of my relationships not just with men with people when the first person who was supposed to protect me betrayed me and harmed me that took a lot of work (laughs) to come to the other side of i believe that during um during this journey for me it has been a lot of realizing that there was no safety mm. growing up. My and goodness. I think the the um the acceptance of that and what mm-hmm. it really means, you know, sets in definitely more around the seasonal time because it's mm-hmm. the time where you're watching parents go into debt for their kids and, mm-hmm. and do all kind of crazy shit that I'm not saying, like, why you ain't going to debt for me? Like <laughs> not like that. But you see how much people are so consumed with just trying to be a decent parent or just give their child really everything that they yeah. they want them to have. Or what they think being a good parent is. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm over here, you know, desiring safety. Oof. And so um Oof. I called you and I said, you know, 
Um, well, first of all, we went back and forth like 12 times. Like, okay, are you in Atlanta? I'm in Atlanta. Are you alive? I'm you're not alive. Okay, you're asleep. Okay. And then I called you one day. I was in the van and I said, I know what our episode is going to be, be about. Are you ready? You were like, give it to me. And I was like, all right, let's talk about not inviting the molesters to Thanksgiving. And well, she was like, I'm here for it. Let's do it. I'm going to get my my stuff together yeah, and I'll be and there. And I'll meet you in the A. Yes. And so this episode isn't like necessarily about Thanksgiving, but more so right. the holidays. Mm-hmm. And stop inviting the problem. Stop inviting the curse. Stop right. inviting um, unsafety to the table mm-hmm. and then expecting these kids to show up. Right. I think it's time to just really be very clear about the generational patterns that we are breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people don't realize that they either relate or that they're doing it too. Right. Um, And just talking about some of those things and bringing it to the forefront and then just how it has, you know, grown into us and then how we're using the tools to pull it away so that way you can be the, just the original version of you. Ashe, years ago I was dating a guy and we went to his mother's home for Thanksgiving and his four-year-old niece came over and I remember his mom saying, go give your uncle a hug. And that activated something in me. And I honor the fact that, you know, I live with PTSD and sometimes I can be hypervigilant. Also, and this mandate that children have to hug family members without their consent, right? Go sit on that person's lap. Go with this person. That conditions us to think that we need to go against our intuition and our innate feeling in order to keep the adults around us happy or to keep the peace. And that's something that I would like to see us leave in 2023, right? Is forcing children to be in close proximity to people that they don't want to be in close proximity to. Or giving them a moment to figure out when it's a good time for yes, them. It doesn't, necessarily, yes, you yes, know, yes. it doesn't necessarily mean that the person is unsafe, but telling a child basically when they've already said no, mm. you know, this mm. isn't a respect thing. Me deciding that I don't want to do something with you is not a respect thing. It's my child. decision. Um, and there are so many ways that we don't have autonomy over our bodies right. um, within our family. And right. just even, and this isn't all just like, the sexual kid toucher conversations. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about even with the gluttony and mm. the food. You know, it's you coming in and you're talking about someone's weight immediately. Oh, at this, <laughs> I and I understand that like it's an old folks thing, and it's not to sit here and analyze every single thing that I did or didn't like, but more so understanding this is affecting us when we're getting older, and the fact that our body size absolutely being talked about initially when you have no idea what's going on with someone right it's none of your business if you right. really are concerned saying that in front of the entire family or putting them on blast when usually the person saying it is in no type of shape mm-hmm. or good health of their own um and like that's a problem forcing kids to finish their plate mm-hmm. and then you see these kids that are like 300 pounds mm-hmm. and they're great it's like, okay, now you're developing these bad relationships with food right. or the fact that we're we're eating with people, but we're sitting in silence that you can't spend a night at uncle so-and-so's house because we oh know my. that they have urges. Oh so my. instead, we're going to f- stuff our face with this sweet potato pie and act like we don't know about it. Repress Just, it. You know you can't go over there. Then why are they here? Exactly. Why? I need right. a, I need an answer. I need answers. Why are, why are they here? Why are we allowing? What is it like? You know, you can't spend a night over there. And you know, for me and my family, I I have consistent guilt um, with knowing that my mother let other little girls come over our home, knowing mm. that my dad had these urges because you were really gambling. Like I ain't gonna lie to you. Like if I Ooh. was those other mothers, then my mom would have to see me because it's like. 
So here's the thing with the Black community in particular, this idea that we are all siblings, sisters, brothers, hey sis, hey bro, like this need to protect, that is something that we have to unconsciously pull out, right, at a cellular level. Because what we're doing is we're living within this colonized context and saying it's a patriarchal society, so the father figure needs to be the leader and protected at all costs. And then we betray women, we betray children, we betray non-gender conforming folks and non-binary folks because we are protecting this potter, this father. That's where patriarchy comes from. And so for me, we have to honor women. We have to honor children. We have to see the babies as human beings who deserve full agency, whatever that looks like at their age. Because then when we deem children and women as worthy of protection in spite of the father figure, that's when we'll start to stand up to the systems and the silence and the acquiescence. The second part is on an individual level, we need to face our own trauma, right? Because with women like us who are speaking uh, vocally and openly about what we've been through, we are forcing those who have been repressing for so long to confront something they would rather not do that. Because if your mom honors that your dad is an abuser, she might have to face the other abusers in the family. She mm-hmm. might have to face the the abuse she suffered. And so many people are minimizing and disassociating because it takes great strength, great courage to embody that and to transmute that. And a lot of people in the Black community don't have the resources or the capacity or the willingness to do that work. So it's twofold. Absolutely. When it when it comes to addressing your family members, and I know for me, it was only a couple years ago that I told the truth when I didn't mm. come home. I would always find like, oh no, I'm just busy. Mm. Oh no, I'm just working. No, right now I'm working. <laughs> right now I'm working. But it got to a point where I, I had to tell the truth and it was like, you know, I don't I don't want to go home because I'm not my happiest there. Mm. I don't want to go there because we're we're going to ignore the fact that you guys also invited right. my dad where I'm not coming home to grandma's birthday. I don't care how right. old she's turning because you know I don't want to be in the same place. Right. And, you know, the these these statements such as, well, what does that have to do with your grandmother? That's your grandmother. She only gets to turn this age once and all these other things. But let's be clear. I know that something has happened to my dad. Mm. He he has admitted that. Mm-hmm. But I still don't know from who. So it could be any one of y'all motherfuckers. Ooh. Like, so who is it? Well... I, I have questions like we're not talking about that or either you have, you know, the family members that are trying to pick because you have left or you've decided, you know, I don't want to be a part of this. And so I've noticed just even growing up, the family members that don't deal with the family, there's mm-hmm. a story, but none of that story includes their side. There's like, oh, no, they think they too good. They think this, this is this, right? Like, so we yeah. grew up with certain stories about certain family members. Now I get to a certain age and you guys have praised me because my mm. dad has always been the family favorite. He was the oldest grandson. Son. He was Uh-oh. the only boy for the longest. Uh-oh. He, you know, like in the golden in, child for sure. Like <laughs> at, at home, you know, he's this deacon. He has a restaurant. All, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you come out about it, and then I'm the oldest girl. So it's like, oh, she's the first grandchild, and you know, great grandchild, right, right. and, and all of that. I've I've went to school. I got married. Then I had a child. So under in the checklist, I've mm-hmm. done things all the right. She got a degree, and and she's doing it right. Yeah. Then I come out and tell the truth, and so it was the first time that no one was able to attach a story, right, or um, anything like that, because you've already 
said that like this 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 girl is worthy like we believe her she's mm-hmm. you know already so now i'm telling the truth and everybody is like okay what the fuck like you can't say like oh you know she she be on drugs like you can't you right. can't say that about about me like so the i watched as some of my family members started picking different fights with me to make it seem like that's why we don't talk no the truth mm-hmm. is that you're not you're not you don't want to choose a side you don't want to choose a side my god so my paternal grandmother, and this is a story that I was told because I never had this conversation with her. But apparently when she found out, her response was, well, I don't see how he could do something like that. And my thing is, you don't want to see something like that because your child was harmed by a family member. I know this because he disclosed this to me. So now I'm looking at you, Funky. <laughs> As my granny, like you've been baking bread all these years, you've been making pepper pot at Christmas, but pepper pot because we got knees <laughs> on my dad's side. Okay, big up the GT massive. Also, and when we talk about that Caribbean piece, that immigrant family yeah. piece, now we got British colonialism on top of it. Oh, honey, pedophilia in the Caribbean community is a hot mess. The way that my aunt's uncles—I'm 15 years old, sir—you are 36. Why is your hand on the small of my back? Why are you following me and my sister over over in the drugstore, like cosmetic section? You need to be over there with that grown woman. And so to your point about these urges, something that my therapist and I have been working through is that our culture is not big ready for the conversations about pedophilia. Yeah. Because what we would be able to do is help men fulfill those desires in ways that are ethical. For instance, sex workers who are in their 20s, but they have a very young face. So they mm-hmm. appear to be 16. Yeah. But we want to shame sex workers. Right. So now you can't when, have none of the solutions. When, right. When really they're providing a great service to society and saving our children consensually, ethically. Right. Yeah. And getting a bag. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like, and we're protecting children, but no, y'all want to just not talk about it. Mm -hmm. So now the silence is, and I don't mean to be ableist, but the silence is deafening. The silence is silencing. That's a better choice of words. Mm -hmm. The silence is silencing. And so I want to get to a place where we can be big and bad and bold enough to stop shaming women, to stop, you know, blaming victims and to hold perpetrators accountable. I was, I'm sorry. Yeah, in order to do that, we're going to have to smash the patriarchy because the perpetrators are protecting perpetrators and then internalize, you know, oppression is protecting perpetrators too. I believe that one of the things that hurts the most is not one person didn't not believe me. Oof. You know, it's... It, it wasn't the what were you wearing. It wasn't, it wasn't mm. any of that. It was, okay, so y'all see it too. Yeah, you do see you it do and believe, you know you it. You believe me so, and don't get me wrong, I love to be believed, right. but if you believe me so easy and if this is a known thing, why are we not doing anything about You're it? You're being an enabler. And I think that the the craziest thing to me, which is why I, I'm so intrigued and so excited, this this book has been gifted to the Essie <laughs> Content House yeah. Library, so I will be definitely getting into it. But one of the things that makes me so excited to see the sensual faith, like those two words together, yeah. is because in... In doing sexual essentials, um, it was revealed to me. My mom was just saying, like, she doesn't think she's ever had an orgasm. Ooh. And in my mind, all I thought was, you let this nigga touch your kids and you ain't never even caught a nut? Like, I was my thinking that, like, God. The, the dick would just, you just mm-hmm. dick metabolism. Listen. Like, you're not. And you're not even pleased. And so Gagged. it was just like, sensuality mm-hmm. has been such a gift mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't I don't know why it's the it's the first place of just being comfortable. And I mean, I guess I, I do know maybe why some of it is is what's meant for me. It's a part of my purpose. Right. Yeah. Um, but also unfortunately getting getting a certain type of care from your parents Mm -hmm. even my dad at the end of the day even when it was inappropriate it's better than the mistreatment or Mm. like you know making us fight over like a small amount of food or like oh you're in trouble so we're taking away food altogether i'd Mm. rather that that hurt when i'm hungry that hurts right you know what i mean and here you're being so timid about it that i don't actually feel physical pain Mm. i'm just uncomfortable as fuck but at the same time you have a child who is missing affection Mm -hmm. um and who is is people pleasing Mm -hmm. because you guys' attitudes are up and down and when they're up and down life is worse for me when you have an attitude right so this this type of pain Mm -hmm. feels better than the other types. That's interesting. Right? So sensuality has mm-hmm. always been something that as a even as a child I'm exploring mm-hmm. and I'm trying to figure out why does this not hurt? Mm-hmm. Why does this actually kind of feel like You're aroused. My, I'm, I'm aroused. Yeah. What is and that's the disgusting part. That's the part that you have to let go. That's the part that when you want to tell your story, you don't want to tell because right. now you have to say the words. That's not your fault, though. See, our bodies have divine intelligence in them that when we are stimulated in a particular way, our bodies are going to respond. The thing is, is that we were stimulated before we were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so if there's any shame attached to an experience that you've had where you're like, but I responded, but I got wet, but my nipples got hard. Mm-hmm. Body's body, yeah. right? And your body is protecting you to make mm-hmm. sure that you don't feel pain as well. Uh-huh. So for sure. with a lot of women, even with, and I apologize, I definitely cut you off. Go for it, the, sister. When you, like even in an unconsensual sexual you know, experience, you can orgasm more often mm-hmm. than not just because, you know, not that they prepare. You see this? I seen the tissue. how they slid the tissue. The box. They- not one. Not one. Like, here you go. Give them the box. Give them the box. They gonna need the box. <laughs> so prepared. I love it. Couture to slate these faces. They're like, we're gonna give it together. It's about to be two streaks. Just <laughs> I'm yeah. good for it. Some of you all might know me from Sexual Essentials, and others might know me from Not Just Another Sex Podcast. But what you might not know is that I've sold over a million dollar worth of sales with no outside marketing companies at all. For over five years, I've used my degree in business administration paired with my experience of building a brand of influence, and here I am now producing my show and others. With that being said, if you have a business or need to bring awareness to your brand, I'd consider doing it with SE Media Group. Our shows are unique and are created with intentionality and integrity, and we're looking for brands that want to do the same. Marketing should be a monthly expense for your business, just like the insurance or the lights. But truth be told, a lot of small businesses aren't paying for any marketing at all. And if they are doing it, it might not be correct. But I mean, I can't blame you because how can you be a marketing expert when you're too busy being the expert of your craft, which is absolutely where you should be? Let my team use what we know to create more awareness and marketing for your business at a rate that you can actually afford. DM us the word advertise to semedia.group on Instagram to receive details on how to market with your business on our shows. You can also reach us by email at semedia.group. SB, as in Samaya Burton, at gmail.com. 
All right. Thanks for your time. And now back to the show. And I, I I think that, you know, we don't even realize that sometimes women can't orgasm in a consensual situation, Ooh. but in an unconsensual, they're, they're able to, or the things that get Good them aroused in the bedroom are really the things that were happening before. Like right. I have a crazy thing with nipples mm-hmm. that started from molestation. Like mm-hmm. it took me a long time to even get the type of pleasure that I desired because I didn't want to say the thing that I like because I knew where it came from. Got you. But it's what my body has found attachment right. to. Right. I can't do anything else about right. that. Right. So, I'm a nipple girly too. Did, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting to have an orgasm from nipple play. Look, here I'm you, ready. I'm ready. Do you want me to send you something? I'm ready. Like like uh, vetted, <laughs> vetted. Well, <laughs> praise Jehovah. <laughs> look here. I promise you. You sometimes I feel like you do got to pass certain things up to your girl. Like look, man, this man. Have you read this. All About Love by Bell Hooks? Pass it off. Pa- is that what she said? Ha- has, no, I just need to know that's uh, the kind of <laughs> play partner I'm interested in. I feel that the one who has ethics. Right, that you Absolutely. actually stand on. Are you standing on business? Not not just play play, but like no holistic play, yeah. holistic care. Because I'm a sacred tender being. I'm I a precious sacred object. I, I'm not engaging with just anybody. Absolutely. And I feel like that's been a part of my sensual healing as well. Is learning that sensuality is the ultimate practice in mindfulness. It's about me being present in my body. So once I was able to work through that trauma of being abused by my father, it was like, oh wait, I own. This body temple, mm-hmm. this flesh is mine. It's good, and I don't have to subject it to beatings of the flesh. And in this flesh dwells no good thing. Like all that colonized Christianity from my childhood, that wasn't serving me or the woman that I was becoming. And so, a lot of people will conflate sensuality and sexuality. They're two different things. They inform each other, but they're not the same thing. And so, sensuality has been a bridge to me embracing and expressing my sexuality. Absolutely, I would love to actually for you to go more into that. That's exactly where I'm going. Is to understand yeah. what is what is this book in a nutshell, so mm. that way they can click the link below okay. and get there more. Yes. So, sensual faith, the art of coming home to your body, is an invitation for women, particularly Black women, to live their spirituality from a place of pleasure rather than shame. If you are a Black woman, chances are you have had some experience with the Black church and that colonized Christianity, and you were taught that your body is evil, demonic, that your sexual urges need to be lorded over and repressed and, you know, your body is only supposed to be shared in a heterosexual marriage and you're really only supposed to have sex to have children, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're hearing Sunday after Sunday, uh, if you have sex before marriage, you're going to hell. Good girls don't give head. Keep your legs closed, right? I don't care how much you love that man, woman, person. You don't become some sexual goddess overnight as soon as you get married, if you have that kind of conditioning. And so we have to realize that that's not our shit. As daughters of the African diaspora, we come from a people who knew God before the colonizers brought their white Jesus. And so when I look at my foremothers who would bear their breasts at the sun in worship, who would shake their ass in worship, right? Okay, twerking ain't new. Shaking ain't new. Whining and walking up your waist is not new. Hey, (laughs) bongos ain't new, right? right? It's just under the colonized gaze, we've hypersexualized our bodies. Mm -hmm. Black girls, there's... um, I talk about this in the book. Georgetown Law did this study and they found that black girls as young as five years old are adultified beyond their white counterparts. And I'm like, how you look at a five-year-old and see an adult? It's giving anti-black. It's giving the residual effects of slavery. It's giving... 
when we talk about going home and mm-hmm. being told like, no, don't wear red nail polish or don't wear this, you look too grown or why yeah. you let them wear that makeup, that's too mm-hmm. grown. I have a friend, um, my makeup artist actually, um, Katora. Hey, Katora. <laughs> and she lets her little girl play in makeup and I yes, love it. Like, I love she, that. And she is such a girl. Mm-hmm. And so just watching her embrace her like mini bad bitch yes. already. Like that was such a process for me, just even feeling comfortable or feeling like it's an appropriate time mm-hmm. for me to be sexy or you know, whatever. And so you're right. you're in these spaces with your family and, you know, people have pedof you know, pedof pedophile mm-hmm. husbands. And mm-hmm. so you there's a, a, a silent competition between Ooh. them not like you trying to control your man's urges through me. Through restricting me. Mm. And so now I ha- I'm a grown ass woman and I didn't even know I was fine as fuck. I, I've been fine since elementary school. I was I've been fine. I was five eight. I don't want to use that word because I'm adultifying myself right <laughs> like there's a there's a song lyric gorgeous that, thank you i'm a reflection of you but you know we're joking we're play play but for real i was five eight in sixth grade mm-hmm. so i was taller than some of my teachers most of the boys until like eighth grade and i always had a fatty i remember <laughs> i was born with a fatty like i was you know eight Less pounds highly favored <laughs> six pounds were in my butt two pounds were in my cranium like <laughs> so for me I remember being 10 years old at my grandmother's house, about to get into the shower, and I stood and turned in the profile in the mirror, and I looked at my butt, and I was like, why is it so big? Oh, I hate it. And this is me thinking that I'm drawing this attention because I'm walking to school in a plaid skirt, and some 60-year-old man is, like, looking at my butt and making comments, and, like, I have to pretend like I don't know what he's saying yeah. just to survive and get to school or home or wherever I'm going, so... I thought it was my body that was bringing all this. No, it's the sickness of men. Get my right. body and they're exactly. doing this, so I'm making Instead of seeing a child in the community, which is very African-centered, right? Yeah. To know that the child, it takes a village to raise a child. Instead of you being a part of my village, you're being a fucking predator. And that's yeah. disgusting. You disgust me. Yeah. So I had to, you know, grow into it. And now I love my ass, okay? <laughs> the thicker, the better. We be squatting over here, Okay. <laughs> We be doing our RDLs, right? We be doing all that hip thrusting. I love that. So, yeah. I have have definitely found that my my sexuality and things I like sexually are definitely off the motherfucking chain. Okay, there you go. I've found this out, right? Mm -hmm. But what I've found is that just like astrology has helped me understand parts of my chart and like my sexuality. What's your big three? I am an Aries uh, Aries sun, a Virgo moon, and a Leo rising. Sexy! That's why we get along. I'm a Leo sun, okay. Pisces moon, Leo rising. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There we go. And then in sidereal, cancer, in sidereal astrology, I'm a Cancer, and I have a Venus in Cancer, too. So all the feels. All the feels. And emotions. And yeah. Well, with Venus, um, Venus, I'm an Aries, so I have like a very childlike wow. love spirit. Wow. Um, but... In my Mars, I'm a Pisces. Ooh. And so, and then like Lilith, Aquarius, Seventh House Aquarius. So it's just like so Get into much. into it. Absolutely. It is so much unique sexuality. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes, I'm an Aries. So which means that like this is the first sign of the Zodiac, you guys. So it's very childlike. Just understand like an age. It's, mm-hmm. Aries is the first. So that's going to be the youngest Zodiac. Mm-hmm. And then you have Pisces as the oldest. When it comes to. My book is Aries. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> I love that. I ran the business astrology. I ran my business astrology for sexual essentials. Yeah. Um, but what I what I found is that 
my knowledge sexually and all of that is very mature. It's mm. and but also a you know, an old person is like they're not really with like hot and quick, you know, down yeah. and dirty type shit. It's really like, I want to get into your mind. I want yes. to like really nurse this desire. I want to make sure that this is really going to be effective. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that you can handle all the things. Good. Because if I'm not doing all the things, I really don't want it. Okay. Right? And so with that Pisces sexual energy, um, the more sensual I became, I felt like sensuality was really a, a way to nurse even my own consent. Mm-hmm. And I found that being able to be disciplined over good dick, okay, is really, really <laughs> the key. It <laughs> is because, like, you have to be able to make yourself feel amazing. Because right. as long as you can make yourself yourself feel amazing, then there is no excuse, right? You know, yeah. like now it's just a habit that you need to break. Mm-hmm. But when you think that all your pleasure and your sexual like well being and the like the bridge that you take, like you said, to your sexuality, mm-hmm. if you think all of that is through men and being desired through them, right. then that puts all the power there. And not power as in like, let's play this mind game, like mm-hmm. to play that game type shit. I'm talking about like power, like really where your autonomy of your own body goes. Right. But when you start with self and you explore sensuality and the things that make you feel sexy and the way that you play with your own power dynamic mm-hmm. and your own kinks and, you know, your self-pleasure and really diving into your sexuality, the more that you feel the shame, the more that you keep going because I know we need to, we need to get rid of this. Like, Mm -hmm. and going further, like, oh, this feels shameful. I need more of it. Exactly. I need more of it because Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel ashamed anymore. It's like EMDR for the body. Mm, You know? That's good. Yeah. I wanted to go, Oh, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I wanted to go back to the the tree wisdom that we had at the beginning, Mm -hmm. right? As tall as a tree grows, its its roots go as deep underground, and so you have to have that balance. You know, in African cosmology, we say "as above, so below," and Mm -hmm. so you can go as deep as you want because we're infinite beings, full of infinite possibilities. And so, my sensuality was actually a womanist spiritual practice for me that helped me get to a place to learn more about my kinks. So I don't identify as a feminist. I identify as a womanist, which means I care about the perspectives, experiences, vantage points of Black women and femmes, first and foremost, period. Um, and so it started with me slowing down and breathing. I have a tattoo that says breathe on my forearm because when I'm stressed, my breath is usually the first thing to go. It started with me elevating my drinking experience. I love tea. So rather than, you know, using tea bags, let me get one of these cute like steepers, right? That's like pink yeah. and porcelain. You know, instead of drinking out of a regular water tumbler, let me get a gorgeous vessel, an orb that has sacred geometry around it, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of just soaking to ease my muscle pain, right? Let me add some rose petals. Let me light these candles. Let me put on my tank playlist. How can I indulge? How can I make this juicier? And that helped me be present in my body. Then I started to explore, well, now what does my body like to feel, right? Let me, let me. It likes silk. What? (laughs) We love a silk and sateen over here, okay? (laughs) Purr. Big purr. And um, from there, this feels really good on my body. What Mm -hmm. would feel good on my skin? Yeah. What would feel good on my flesh? Which then led to who would feel good on my body? Talk about it. Who (laughs) would feel good on my flesh? (laughs) Right? (laughs) So then I got to explore what do I like sexually? Because, you know, first generation Caribbean American, eldest daughter, Leo, 
thrust into leadership, yeah. thrust into just, you know, being the boss or whatever. And it was like, there are some times where, you know, I do want to be told what to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? The, um, what I've found is that the, the, the foreplay that yes. you give yourself is very difficult um, to accept anything less when you when you give yourself so more, good right um but ultimately we're talking about romanticizing our lives yeah and i'm big on mm-hmm. that i, I realized that a lot of um a lot of the reason that i'm even here is because i romanticize everything everything and th- that's really dangerous but it's really what saved me it really what, why do you say it's dangerous there is a level of it's such a positive thing mm-hmm. right but as women we can give birth and we can you know, maneuver anything and transmute anything. Mm-hmm. And you have to watch what you transmute. Ooh. And okay. when you can love the boogeyman. The, I like the, that. I, I can love the boogeyman. I, I like that. I, I do not hate my father. I do not mm-hmm. hate my mother. I miss them so much. Same. And But creating the boundaries in myself to understand that they Ooh. don't deserve me to give a fantasy life to some fucked up shit. Precisely. And also understanding that the men that I choose to experience me, right. they have to be deserving of that because Absolutely. I have a gift where I can transmute energy. I can make yes. the worst time of your life feel like the best time yep. of your life because oh I am gosh. truly grateful. I am truly my grateful God. to be here. Like the, the energy that I feel within me, like this. This is enough, mm. you know, like the freedom that I give myself to live, the freedom that I'm still here despite all of that shit. Like that is not something that people are born with. It's not everybody's birthright, but right. it's mine. And the yes. fact that I know how to transmute that yeah. and create this. Oof. I have to be very, very picky about who I let experience me because I value it. You know, so I romanticize my life, you know, because when I romanticize my life, I don't need to romanticize love because love is such it's not a romantic thing at all it's love not. is not a romantic thing at all loving myself is a lot of pain it mm. is lo- a lot of pain and so romanticizing the other things that i can control the aesthetics of even this content house is this right. is me romanticizing my life if i right. have to come to work every day and i gotta tell y'all my okay. shit so i can fulfill this destiny and hello the fuck out of myself i'm gonna do it with the wine glass I okay drink and i need a wine glass like and you deserve <laughs> a wine glass put me some apple juice in here um listen i drink you know, water out of wine glasses all the time because yeah. it's not about what's in it it's about how i feel ingesting it and yeah. consuming it you talk about consumer culture right especially this time of year with all the sales even though they ain't been sales in like girl did you see they was was putting the same sale in for black friday just put on black friday paper i was like these ain't the sales we used to be cracking the front door (laughs) open for people used to be catching elbows over 10 percent that is a tie that is not a sale look here (laughs) but um to your point when you were just speaking i felt like my gut just like open up like leap up because i feel the same way my therapist dr boyd she actually wrote the forward for my Mm. book so shout out to dr beyond boyd i love you girl but she says the thing is you're an alchemist levon and alchemists can stay in situations way too long because you can transmute anything and it just made me realize how much i need to trust my intuition and my ancestors and my guides because i will know something is off but because i can transmute i'm like oh okay What's next? I know how to protect myself What's through next? this. So, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't want my healing gift to become a crutch. Absolutely. People can let you their trauma be a crutch. I'm, exactly. I'm, we're trying not to. Yeah. 
Look here, somebody got me in my feelings. They they wrote me my first bad review on the podcast. And it was like, Samaya, maybe you should have your own show because you be cutting people off. And you know, like when you self-reflect, I can always tell the truth. I absolutely right. be cutting people off, but also I deal with a lot of people that like me. And mm-hmm. so they know they they know I do it and they'll correct me like sure. within love or they're like, you know, it's not their it's not their hard boundary. Mm-hmm. And so I talk to a lot of, a lot of other like loud girlies. Mm-hmm. And then when I cut them off the first time, I'm so conscious of it because mm-hmm. I don't want them to perceive me as rude or like right. I don't want to hear them. I'm just that Aries baby. I'm excited. We're both fire signs. We're feeding off of each other. You're lighting up. So it's not that you're cutting me off because you're mansplaining and you don't want to hear what I have to say. Like something in you just, it's like fire shut up in your bones. You know, mm-hmm. my little scripture folks. So not, not as y'all little, but I'm just saying the script anyway so the point is that it's in you and that's the thing that's how you know you're on purpose because Mm -hmm. you're lighting up and you can't contain it and so many of us are not living in our purpose we're living beneath our birthright because we don't know how worthy we are because we think because we've been abused because we've been harmed because we've been traumatized you know how many times i had to remind myself levon you are not broken here we Mm -hmm. go levon you are worthy of love you are worthy of the greatest love story that your heart can hold. And I have to remind myself, especially in these dating streets, right, that settling is not an option. It's not an option. It's not an option. At 41? What? I've waited this long, honey. He. Oh, wait. They did. They brought the box. <laughs> it ain't dropped yet, so I'm trying to maintain. Let it, let it air dry just a little bit. But, you know, I believe God gave us tear ducts for a reason. So I'll cry anywhere, anytime. I'm with it. We're just going to save this face, though. You know. But the the point is, is that I have to remind myself that the romantic love that I want exists. He exists because I exist, right? That My therapist also says that. And the last thing that I'll say about this part is that there is a part of me. Let me just be honest. I feel insecure sometimes Mm -hmm. because I don't have, like, in-laws from my future husband. And I feel like that's a deficit that I don't have this big family to welcome you into. And I know that my friends who are my chosen ones, they'll love him and, you know, they'll make, there it goes. Sorry, good tomorrow. <laughs> and they'll make it work. But I want my dad to walk me down the aisle. I want to have like the people who raised me at my baby showers. And I know that's just, I don't think it's possible unless they do a whole lot of fucking work, (laughs) which at this point in time, they have proven they are not willing to do. And so they could do it if they wanted to. But you know how it is when you bring the healing to the doorstep, they running out the back door. You said you were um, a Leo Leo rising. Mm -hmm. I told some, I misspoke on an episode the other day and I was saying, um, he was a Cap. He was a Capricorn rising. I'm a Capricorn North note, but okay. I am Leo rising. Um, and so with Leo rising, you have Aquarius in the the seventh house, Ooh. and so relationships will always be difficult for us because mm. a lot of this life is meant um for us to walk alone. Yeah. Um, and not because that. we are lonely, but because um when you're a catalyst for change, mm-hmm. um, you sometimes have to fight the people that you're doing that change for, um, before anything else. And I just want to let you know that you are seen and that you are Mm. beautiful and loud and bold (laughs) and gorgeous. Thank you. And I'm just so proud of you. Thank you. Uh 
And, you know, I'm just, I'm glad that my soul sees you. And it, it has since the first voice note. I right? Said, oh, she sent me a seven minute voice. And did. This is my, this is my drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we are, we are, we are soulmates, right? Soulmates ain't just romantic. Not at all. Like you Not are mine all. and I am yours. It is. Um, it's always so beautiful to be seen, mm-hmm. um, especially in your trauma, but not because of the trauma. Ooh, but say that of, again. Yeah. It's always good to be seen, not because of your trauma, um, but through it. <sighs> and um, I I do, you know, sometimes I'm ashamed because my dad did walk me down the aisle. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I am ashamed because I married a man that thought it was okay to marry me without one whooping my daddy ass. I don't know why I would want him to do that, but his you know, ass. It's, it's one of those things where you just want someone to stand up for you, for someone to be angry for you. Yep. You know? Exactly. Um, and it doesn't mean that I want any pain to happen to them. I, I empathize with them. Mm-hmm. I feel sorry for them. Yeah. I I I'm so sad that they have already chosen this life when I'm right. so amazing. I, oh. I I feel very bad for them it's that they don't to be get to you. experience this life. Um but I'm also, um, and we're going to get into this in the spiritual tip of the day, but I also honor them. Yeah. Because the decisions that they made is a, is still <sighs> a, a stepping stone for me to be here. Without yeah. their mistakes, there's still that gap. Mm-hmm. They're, at the end of the day, I'm still the best of mm-hmm. everything that they had, mm-hmm. you know, and that, you know, they, they messed up. And right. and that's something that they have to deal with. I don't have to wish for anything bad to happen to them. I don't have to try to harm them. I can simply respect my own boundaries. Right. And that can that can be the work. That can yeah. be enough. And that is the um, work for me. So, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you don't have to apologize. You good girl. Um, for me, you know, I was raised Christian, grew up serving in the church and am ordained and have pastored. And my spiritual journey has expanded in such a way where the the best of the Christian life that I had, the devotion to prayer, the um, honoring of the ancestors, even though they wouldn't call it that, all of that is with me. And also, I embrace the ancient West African spiritual practice of Ifa, which is a Yoruba tradition and spiritual and religious system. And there is this concept about your destiny and you choose parents who will help you fulfill your destiny. Mm -hmm. And so I have to remind myself that girl, before you broke the time and space continuum, you said yes to this. So in those those moments when I'm like, why did I say yes to this? What the hell is going on? Right. Um, I remember I said yes for a reason. And I'm still here. I'm still living and breathing in this earthly realm. So yeah. my purpose has not been fulfilled. So what do I need to do next? Spirit, guide me. Ancestors, talk to me. Intuition, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, so that that has been something that is hard to reconcile with like a Western mind. But my African cosmological lens says, no, baby. You said this is yes. the life that you said that you're yeah. ready for. Um, and before we transition into our sex tip of the day, because we would have had a few orgasms. If we release them, then let's release all the way. Listen, healers um, deserve orgasms. The most of them. The most. The most. The longest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, do, what's the, like, the world record for the longest I orgasm? No do I know, but I would love to find out. I want to win it. Before we before we go to get everything just be teetering real real content made by real activated talk about orgasms um, everything starts shaking child um before we do go I do um I do feel it compelled to say that you know 
I know how difficult it is to have accountability for for making a child's life difficult. Mm. And I want it to be known that I have the gift of loving anyway. I have the gift of loving anyway. And I want to make it clear that, you know, if you mess up, there is still somebody out there that can love you. And you are still worthy of being loved. Amen. And you do not have to hide behind the the ugly truths and the things that you feel or your urges. Mm-hmm. Um, please be honest with that so that mm-hmm. way healing can occur. Mm-hmm. Um, and please get help if you need it. Yeah. Um, I if if I chose my parents and I believe I I chose them to let them know that they deserve to be loved in their most authentic self and they deserve to be you, healed too. And they do deserve to be healed. Mm-hmm. And I deserve to be around healed people that yep. respect my boundaries and Ashe. all of those things can be true at the same damn time at the same damn time you know as you were talking it brought to mind my uncle who is my mom's fraternal twin he used to call mm-hmm. me buddha he's my favorite uncle in the world when i was a kid and when he found out it was probably like i don't know five or six years ago and so we were on the phone and he was like buddha why didn't you tell me and i was like that's not the question you need to be asking you need to be asking why weren't you someone i could tell mm. And so for folks who have been bystanders and enablers, there has to come a moment of reckoning, right? That no, you weren't the physical assailant, but you were an enabler because your silence was complicit. And so even if you didn't know, if you are not proactively helping us to break this generational curse by having the conversation, teaching your babies and nieces and nephews and nibblings about good touch, bad touch, like you're a part of the problem too. So this isn't just perpetrators versus victims, right? This is How a collective, together, exactly, you know? effort. I can understand that. Um, so we are going to transition because we got to get you up out of here. We're going to get sexy. Yes. So the (laughs) the sex tip of the day is to pay respects to sexual essentials, which is my first baby. Um, my company, um, I am a hands-on sexual educator and all of my teachings for sexual essentials can be found on Patreon. Um, it's just easier to teach there while not being, you know, censored yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know shadow banned and deactivated um, and also there's a level of vulnerability with discussion my sexuality other right. people's and, and those type of things so um, I really like this main platform to be about not just another sex podcast sure. but over there we have a bonus show called just another sex podcast <laughs> the sex thing yes. so make sure you guys tap in sex issues of the day demos uh, demonstrations Ooh, and all types I love of it it's going so, deep absolutely so um, before we get up out of here i definitely want to talk about masturbation with you okay listen it's a whole chapter Look masturbation here. is a gift from god chapter eight chapter eight okay Again. um we are on a time crunch yes so um i want to know what masturbation has done for you what it has been a vessel for you as yeah um i know for me it's definitely been an avenue towards healing mm-hmm. and really like erasing you know a lot of trauma happens like when something bad happens at a vulnerable yeah. time and then it like heals all crazy sure. right um but like masturbation is a vulnerable time and it's so vulnerable that you can throw other things mm-hmm. in there like you know positive affirmations in there yeah and, yeah yeah and all types of things yes. um and it can really is a really big tool for transmuting energy I so i would love to hear what masturbation has done for you especially for us like you know trauma yes. girls listen in a former <laughs> life I was a Baptist preacher. You know, Baptist preachers love things in three. So there are three things that masturbation has done for me. One is help me to reclaim my bodily autonomy, right? Masturbation is the safest sex you can have. It's the most consensual sex you can have. Either you're going to do it or you're not. So I'm like, am I in the mood? Yes. Am I not in the mood? 
No, but I'm going to mm. do it anyway because I want to. Right? <laughs> I want this. Right? Man. Am I tired? Bust a nut. Yeah. You know, I got a lot of energy? Bust a nut. Need to yeah. wake up? Bust a nut. Need to go to sleep? Bust a nut. Like, it just works. One size yes. fits all. Um, Two, it's helped me to keep away from fuck boys because I, I am straight. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think I want to step on you hoes with another five foot ten what we would shut down the internet okay <laughs> me and temps okay so but you know when the sex is good when the dick is good it can keep me in a situation way past its prime way past its expiration excuse me and so rather than sending that text meeting up with that person just rubbing out roll over go to bed Last thing is, it's helped me to manifest the lavish life of my dreams. Mm -hmm. You know, you talked about, uh, I'm going to say that again. (laughs) It has helped me to manifest the lavish life of my dreams. You talked about saying affirmations while you're masturbating. I get an intention in the back of my mind. And when I'm about to climax, I say that thing over and over and over and over out loud. Mm -hmm. And it's helped me to be who you see today. Absolutely. (laughs) That is beautiful. I don't think I have anything to add to Like That's Ah. exactly what, If no matter what it is that you're working through, uh, it's so much validation in an orgasm. It's so much validation Mm -hmm. and pleasure. It's literally your birthright. It is. Pleasure is your birthright. Literally. And everything that you... Get the book. Get the, just get, get, the the book. book. Yeah. get the book. Um, and it has been it has definitely been all of those things for me. And um, you guys, it's definitely a mental thing. So like mm-hmm. if you don't like something, masturbate to it. Like if you don't if you know that you need, if you know that you need to clean the kitchen masturbate to the fact that like oh i need to clean this kitchen and so you're gonna get it done and now, i ain't gonna lie to you attention. get you a cleaning lady if that's what you gotta do to okay. clean the house but like let's say you talking about like writing your book hire the help yes absolutely hire the help that you need mm-hmm. like because there's somebody that that's very therapeutic for them like let them do their thing there are people that thing. love cleaning absolutely um but i what i want you guys to understand is that <laughs> what, whatever is blocking you from your blessing whether that's like a uh, discipline or consistency mm. or whatever it is masturbate Ooh, to that thing ouch. so that way your mind can form a better relationship with it so now instead of feeling anxiety about your outline to your book that you're supposed to be working on the outline to that master class you're supposed to be recording or you know really you know are you on my toe i'm just here doing what i need to do i think you on my big toe and on the left foot masturbate to that to make that process easy heard say less it'll just help you have a better relationship with those difficulties so that way your body doesn't see it as a threat or like you can't do it or you know putting it off now it sees it as pleasure and that lasts for a little bit and it gets you through it and then you just do it again that's a challenge i'm gonna do it today okay because i masturbated before i caught here always so always i had to catch two for we got to get a two for set up yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so before we get up out of here, <laughs> we have to do the spiritual tip of the day. Yes. Um, you had taught that. me a new word, so I got to make sure I look okay. up so I say it yes, right. Yes. 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 Okay. So the the spiritual tip of the day mm-hmm. is um, just where we take um, spirituality as a whole, which of course encompasses religion, but also different tools and resources mm-hmm. for those where religion is not enough, but also the parts of you that you don't even know, like from mm-hmm. past lives and your ancestors and things like mm-hmm. that, and uh, just breaking it down into uh, a bite sized <clears throat> piece, so that way it's we're not so ignorant or resistant okay. to talking about sure, something that's sure, sure, sure. just unfamiliar the, these words like yeah. you know um so today is about ancestral veneration perfect okay you did it and we're gonna break down the words so yeah. ancestor being like you know your grandma that's tattooed on your arm okay uh, the funeral <laughs> programs that you got on the bookcase in the living room yes mm-hmm. and then you have uh veneration veneration and you you were teaching me something before yes. the episode so i would love for you to 
to share that. Absolutely. When a lot of people hear ancestor veneration, they think ancestor worship, and I'm supposed to be worshiping my ancestors. Veneration means to respect, to honor, to treasure, and remember. So it's ancestor remembrance. Mm. It's ancestor honoring. So if you think about it that way. It okay. might be, you know, easier to consume. Okay. Well, I'll share a way that I do that. And then I want you to share yeah. a way. And then we're going to tell them where they can find you. Okay. And we're going to be out of here. All right. All right. Go. So for me, um, my travel van that's outside is a way that, um, and believe it or not, I don't just honor like my past ancestors, but I honor and remember my parents because mm. I have mourned them, even though they're living. Mm. Um, because I have to, I do have to protect myself and like my feelings swimming in this like unsafe place wow. of just like, just grief is not mm-hmm. necessarily healthy for me. Yeah. So at this time, they're not here. That's at this time, powerful. they're not here. Yeah. Um, and because of that, it and despite all of the other things, it doesn't mean that I don't love them, don't miss them and things like that. But, you know, fishing, camping, mm-hmm. and outside has always been a big part of who I am as, mm-hmm. and as, as, um, as well as like how hard I work. I watched my dad do it. Um, yes, I would have made have some changes, but also my work ethic and this entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. comes from my family. And so yeah. I honor that by, um, teaching my child about yeah. certain things. Do I give him all the details of the who? Not yet because right. it's not time. I don't want to lie to him ever. Right. But I do make sure that he understands outside. We camp. I, that, that van has saved my life this year. Mm. I have been, you know, I have not had a stable home in, over six, you know, is it six, three or four months? Wow. Um, and because I have that van, because I chose not to try to hide the re- the things that I'm remembering of my family, right. I had a place to live because this van has already been converted into a living space. Talk about a season, so, huh? Absolutely. So, um, you know, I'm grateful for being able to see the good, the bad, and honor the things right. that, that, that are good memories of us. I loved fishing and camping with my family. Aww. Like that you cannot tell me that was not Christmas time. Right. So um just even being able to do that just feels like it's something that we still share. And yeah. it's just it's a hope that if we ever like come back together that yeah. I have saved space for them. That's what it yes. does for me. Yes. I so. love that. And thank you for that offering, that living ancestor, because uh I am estranged from my father. My mother is no longer with him. We uh have a relationship, mm-hmm. but we've gotten to a place where now I am the mother and she is the child. So Merlene, I'm parenting you, Joe. We in this. Um, so that's going to help me. I how do I want to phrase this spirit? So for me, my ancestral veneration practice looks like being in deep relationship with those who have come before me. So when I was in utero, I actually changed my name. My mom had chosen the name Amanda Renee, mm-hmm. uh, but her pregnant coworker had her daughter before my mom had me and named her daughter Amanda Renee. Shady. But my mom <laughs> was like... I got to give my daughter a name. And so she named me LaVon after my grandmothers, Lynette and Yvonne. So put those together and that's me. So my maternal grandmother transitioned when my mom was 17 from breast cancer. But everyone says that I look exactly like Norma Yvonne Osborne. So she was the first ancestor that, you know, I printed out a picture, got my frame, put her on the altar. So I have an ancestor altar at home. So an ancestor altar can be started with two simple elements. Fire and water. Fire and water are both portals. So a candle, preferably white, but any color will do. And just a small bowl or cup of water. And you announce yourself by whatever name you go by. Your ancestors know all your names, child. Um, And just say, hey, I'm ready to be in relationship with you. or I'm ready to deepen my relationship with you. Because the last thing that I'll say is when I first started my ancestor veneration journey, I was only venerating my maternal ancestors Mm -hmm. because they didn't abuse me, right? And my paternal ancestors 
came to me in a spiritual download in New Orleans and they said, we know what he did. We'll handle him on this side, but we need to be in relationship with you. And so venerating my paternal ancestors has taken my spiritual life to a whole new level. Mm. I'm definitely going to look into that to make sure I establish um, a journey with my ancestors. Sometimes I'm, I'm mad with them and I know mm-hmm. that that is normal. Be, I that is normal. That. Yeah. So, um, you know, things come to you, like you said, in divine time. And so for I'm going to sure. take that as a breadcrumb or something to, yeah. look, you know, to look out for. But, Two things. Oh, yes. You don't have to venerate ancestors who were assholes on earth. You could be like, <laughs> you were trash. I'm not talking to you. Y'all deal with him. Go get him or her or them. Right. Um, also, and ancestors are not just biologically or blood related like Fannie Lou Hamer is Mm -hmm. one of my ancestors um Lucille Clifton Zora Neale Hurston like there are you know how we got you my cousin right (laughs) you know how we claim each other on earth they claim you in the spiritual realm too so you can be a little open as well okay (laughs) thank you for that please make sure you tell us where we can find you and how we can support you and this beautiful piece of work yes so you know we soulmate so what's Maya got going on we have in the sensual faith world as well Um, so you can visit me my online home is lavonbriggs.com you can buy the book wherever you get your books preferably you know black woman owned bookstore but get it how you can and then go to that website you know what I'm talking about leave a five star review okay because it helps the algorithm to algorithm Um, I also read the audio book so if you're an audio person you'll have me in your ear uh, I have a Patreon, Central Faith Academy, where we do deep dives. We do um, new and full moon uh, oracle and tarot card readings. We do roundtables. That's where you get all of the Central Faith podcast supplemental material. So that's a great way to be in conversation with me. And if you're like, girl, that's cute, but I need someone on one time, then perhaps we explore my being, you know, your spiritual life coach. And we can talk about beginning, deepening your ancestral practices and curating the lavish life of your dreams now. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. For You're just worthy. Being flexible. Absolutely. Um, thank you for being so flexible and um, showing up with me today um, through such a vulnerable and honest conversation. Yes. Um, it is everything that it needed to be. Yes. Um, so I'm just excited for our journey to know you, to connect with you. Mm-hmm. And um, I just appreciate the the energy that you have given me and just the open arms into mm-hmm. this world and, you know, just for loving on me and Uh-oh. seeing me. I love you. I adore you. You got me for life. I try to break up with me. We gonna look Crazy. coming over to the content house. Where she at? It must be the Leo rising blood and blood out me. I have no idea. But I wish you would try to leave me. I'm not leaving you. You in the library now? You stuck? It's up and it's stuck. Her. I- and very excited. Um, you guys, thank you so much um, for saving space for us during this conversation. Please make sure that you, um, you know, just analyze your life and whatever you need, need what resonates, um, you know, keep it and spit the bones. So um, I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Please do not forget to rate, review, and join the Patreon below to support the creatives that have made this show possible. I love you guys, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. Thank you for keeping an open mind and joining me in creating a safe place for others to share their truth. Make sure that you're following Not Just Another Sex podcast wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. But also, if you want to keep the conversation going, make sure that you follow us on Instagram, Not Just Another Sex Pod, as well as Sexual.Essentials. Don't forget to sign up to my Patreon. The link is in the description of this episode. Not only do you get access to my personal life through my close friends and things like that, but I also have almost 300 classes, workshops, private group chats, hands-on demonstrations, interviews, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want more from me, then that's absolutely where you need to be. If you would like to support this podcast, make sure that you rate and review and make sure that you share this episode with your family and friends. I'll see you next week.